Welcome back. It's Ad Tension, a podcast from the American Advertising Federation, District 10. I'm Ray Shellens. Conversations with the people in our industry who make advertising and marketing impactful and relevant. Our stories take you behind the scenes on a variety of advertising platforms where we explore current trends and topics. AAF District 10 promotes professional development and networking, recognizes advertising excellence, provides news and resources, helps develop future industry leaders, and promotes the value of ethical and transparent advertising. And you can find out more about that at aaf10.org. Before we get to our 10 questions with District 10, the fireside chat that we had with Governor Crystal Gonzalez and John Lloyd, UX Director of Design for Hilton Hotels, we want to make sure that you know about a few things that are going on right now in District 10. There are so many folks that are going to the American Advertising Federation D10 President's Leadership Summit. It's Saturday, November 12th, 10 to 4, in Dallas, Texas, at Clampett Paper. It's a perfect location in Dallas, and the folks at Clampett Paper are so welcoming to the American Advertising Federation. We want to say thank you guys for hosting us. Again, that's Saturday, November 12th, 10 to 4, in Dallas, beyond learning and connecting with folks you're going to have a lot of fun as well. Go to the D10 website if you'd like to find out more. Hope to see you there. Are you one of those folks that likes to plan ahead? Maybe for Admerica, June 3rd through 6th, 2023 in St. Louis? You are? That's good. You can find out more right now on the D10 website. Admerica, 2023, June 3rd through 6th, 2023 in the beautiful city of St. Louis. Go to the website, find out more and start making those reservations for that event. It's a worthwhile and beneficial event for our friends in D10. Finally, before you know it, it's going to be time for Advention. Yeah, the great get-together we have here in District 10. Join advertising professionals, educators, and students from across Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Louisiana. Advention is the annual conference for the 10th District of the American Advertising Federation, and it's happening April 12th through the 15th of 2023. And here's what you get to be a part of if you're there. NSAC is April 12th through the 14th, the Professional Conference the 13th through the 15th, the Southwest Advertising Hall of Fame and Mosaic Awards on the 14th, the Evening of Excellence on the 15th, where we announce our Club of the Year winners and give out cash awards. A whole lot of fun, a whole lot of connecting, and a whole lot of you got to be there. Find out more at the D10 website. Our new governor and a new mom. To top it off, Crystal Gonzalez for AAF District 10 talks with John Lloyd, who is UX Director of Design for Hilton Hotels. If you weren't at the live event, that's okay. You get a chance to catch up and find out what John has to say. Take a listen. Welcome to 10 Questions with District 10. It is so good to have you all join us today after we dust off the Labor Day weekend. And we are kicking it off, jumping right in um, with Mr. John Lloyd. Um, But before we dive in with John, um, I'm Crystal Gonzalez. I'm the governor for District 10. And if you're not familiar, District 10 encompasses Texas, Oklahoma, Northwest Louisiana, and Arkansas. So we are made up of 5,000 members strong across the across our district. And of course, we're part of something bigger, which is the American Advertising Federation. And if you don't know, the AAF, you know, really protects and unifies 
the voice of advertising as it relates to um, our government and grassroots and supporting education in the future of the advertising field. And of course, supporting different initiatives such as professional development and diversity, equity, and inclusion. So this is just one facet of what we're gonna do today. And really this series is an educational series providing the opportunity for advertising professionals, not only across District 10, but we've got people from across the country joining us today. Um, And we're gonna even extend this into a podcast um, post. So those who couldn't join us are gonna be able to listen later. So um, what we're going to do, we're going to dive into some questions, just really pick John's brain about what he does. Um, So John Lloyd is currently the senior director of UX and design at Hilton, where he focuses on elevating the impact of design teams across consumer and enterprise products. That is quite a bit. So we're (laughs) excited to dive in. He takes pride in building and leading talented teams of people that are smarter more creative and cooler than he is. We're going to find out how cool he is today. In previous roles, John has worked as a designer at Ducks Unlimited, a design manager at ALSAC, and served on the board of AIGA Memphis. So he is in the realm of us um, volunteers with AAF. Um, John studied graphic design at the University of Memphis in the late 1900s. And outside of work, John spends time with his wife and three kids, 18, 15, and 12 years old, but still loves to find creative side projects. Some notable ones over the last few years include a year-long whiteboard mural project and a Chrome extension to help people with learning disabilities to make the web a little easier to read. What a cool bio. So I wanna introduce y'all to John. Say hello, sir. Hey, nice to meet everybody. So we've got a good group of um, people who are joining us Um, live today. I see a bunch of different leaders from District 10 and even from outside District 10. But what the beauty of AAF is we encompass all facets of advertising. So you and I come from very different backgrounds. So I'm actually in ad sales, working on strategy um, with the media planning side. You are in the creative realm. So I'm super excited to hear from your perspective and just learn something new. But let's dive in. So for those who may not know, what is user experience? Sure. So I think this is one of those questions that's got like a hundred different answers. You know, there's a lot of people that write books about it, a lot of schools that kind of focus on their version of it. Uh, I think a common definition is, you know, it's it's all interaction points with a company, whether it's digital, technical, service related. Um, to me, that's a little bit broad. Like I, I kind of think about user experience as the relationship between a product and the people that use it. Um, like that definition because it's it's specifically not digital focused, um, but it also really kind of excludes uh, service related things that really we don't have the opportunity to design. It's not anything and everything that could happen, but uh, it's in the realm that's bigger than digital, uh, definitely. So how does it relate to Hilton? What exactly does that look like? Sure, so for Hilton, um, a lot of the work that we focus on is digital. Um, but a lot of that digital work happens, you know, in a physical uh, arena. Um, so all of your digital experiences, shopping and booking properties, uh, planning trips, um, all that is kind of very traditional UX design work. Where you're trying to define what what our users' needs are, how we can design interactions to solve those, uh, and at the same time trying to figure out how to express that through you know 18, 19 different brands. Cool. Um, but some of the more exciting stuff is the, the experiences that travelers and users have on property. So things like 
you know, picking their room, uh, using their phone as a key, sending messages to the front desk. Uh, to some degree, even the software that the, the employees use. Uh, so whether or not it's at a call center or the front desk, uh, trying to figure out a way to design experiences that are digitally augmented, but uh, you know, the end kind of serve a, an experience that the user's not having digitally. I think they're, they're having a physical experience on property. So for us, it's just trying to be as user-centered as we can, trying to understand what people need, uh, how we can deliver those either warm, hospitable experiences to people or useful, uh, reliable, technical experiences. So it sounds like you're leading a team and it's ever-changing, evolving as user needs are ebbing and flowing. Is that right? It is, um, particularly through the pandemic, right? you know, People traveled differently. They were you know, prioritizing different things. Um, you try to be responsive to what users need, but there's also just some evergreen things that that are always going to be in the travel and hospitality industry. Um, so the things that are important to us today aren't necessarily things that we were prioritizing a few years ago. Um, but the method is we're still trying to identify the, the pain points, the the, the needs that people have that we can hopefully make you know, more joyful. Well, I can say as a Hilton member, um, your experience is actually very smooth. So I will give you that. So much appreciated. Um, So what is the strangest UX request you've received? You know, I thought about this question uh, and I don't know that it's one specific request, but maybe a couple categories. Uh, This kind of comes from some uh, agency and and freelancing days. but, but usually it's to kind of reverse engineer design into a, a predetermined solution. I think I've, I've done some work before uh, where, uh, you know, I don't even call it an account executive or whoever is like, hey, here's what we want to deliver. I need you to do all the design work and legwork that says this is what we should deliver. So to me, the strangest requests have been to, you know, not actually solve problems and not figure out what's best for a user, but to kind of use the tools that we have as a little bit of a, a theater to convince a client that our predetermined solution is the right one to do. Um, and fortunately, it's happened a couple of times. Never in, in my big corporate jobs, like at Ducks Unlimited or at Hilton uh, or at Alsac, uh, but definitely through some of my uh, freelancing work agency where it's been a little bit more common. Okay, so it's an art and a science is what I'm hearing. So it's an art and a science with kind of mapping the puzzle pieces, but also making sure you're fulfilling the, the totally. need. I'm, yeah, I'm sure everyone on the call can relate that like doing design work in an agency is completely different than uh, than in-house. Uh, so some of the stranger ones to me have definitely been in the agency space. Okay. So how do you prepare for the position that you're in? Um, for me, it was largely about uh, just learning to be a good leader. Um, like I don't do much design work anymore and I haven't for a while. Um, and I struggled with that as I started to manage and, and build teams and stuff. So I felt like my responsibility was, was the design work and the quality of the work. Um, yeah, I think one of the things that's prepared me for, for some of that is, uh, is just really investing in kind of the idea that you can lead in any field. Uh, it's about kind of creating a culture and environment where good people can do good work versus being on the and the gatekeeper for everything that goes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but also some of it is just technical learning. Like my degree is in graphic design. Like I left college for the, for the knowledge of typography and white space and printing and you know, rhythm and, and, and all the design principles that, that you learn in design school. Um, so really learning more about the research and science side of design, <clears throat> learning more about digital technology. Um, you know, definitely have to kind of continue to learn throughout my career. Um, but I think the biggest shift for me in, in prep work was, was kind of letting go of design control and embracing that idea of leading teams. Yeah. Now you struck a chord um, with me there on two things that we can absolutely relate on. And I know people on this call can relate to is one culture. I mean, that's huge, obviously. You know, I think management makes or breaks a job. Um, and it sounds like you have a, an awesome understanding of, you know, not micromanaging, but also being a resource and support. That's awesome. I think that's something we can all relate to. And we talk a lot about culture and, you know, creating that connection. And then also the other chord you struck with me was continue to learn. You know, I think that's a huge one, especially, you know, over the last couple of years, I think we've all, you know, learned and um, have really adopted that it's okay to accept new ways of doing but of course, at the end of the day, of course, there's the technical stuff that we all have to do, but continuing to learn to get to that place. Um, so that's something good about the AAF too. It gives you an opportunity to learn such as what we're doing today. Um, and then also it gives you know people tools that they can take back to their day job or maybe to get that next job. So we definitely have some similarities here. Yeah, it's funny uh, how frequently like, those lessons of kind of leadership, learning, and culture, like they're as big a part of my design job as they are like i got to talk to leaders in our legal team and accounting team they, they still worry about the same thing totally so um so basic you know piggybacking off of that what is the best piece of professional advice you've ever received um i think i've probably got a couple examples and and I'll tell a story about one. One of them is kind of a very cliche one. It's you know, hire smart people and or hire hire people smarter than you and get out of their way. Um, certainly, when you think about like, the impacts that you know a large team has. Uh, if you're the smartest person on the team, then you haven't hired very well. Um, and, and I'm not uh, one to have a hard time finding people smarter than me. So. It's one that's helped me hire and, and kind of embrace some of the cultural leadership stuff that I need to, to think about. Um, but another one that has really stuck out is uh, in my role at ALSAC. Uh, and for those who don't know, ALSAC is the fundraising portion of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital here at Memphis. Um, uh, we were doing a big user research uh, project at one of our events. Late in the evening, we were just kind of sticking around as the volunteer staff to clean up. And our, our CEO was like loading, you know, chairs up onto a truck after afterwards. And I got to talk to him a little bit about kind of his mentality around leadership. And frequently talked about servant leadership, but kind of seeing him do that made me really kind of embrace the idea that like, no task should really be beneath you. Like, like this is a guy who... You know, nobody was requiring him to clean up after a fundraising event. You know, he had thousands of people under his command that they could have, but he still thought that was a good use of his time and a good example to set for the employees they worked with. Um, 
So really kind of embracing that servant leadership mentality is an important piece of advice that I got. That's awesome. That's a great story too, especially to see him, you know, getting down in the trenches with everybody doing something for the greater good. Totally. That's awesome. Yeah. So on the flip side, what about best personal advice you've received? Um, you know, it's hard for me to kind of separate you know, business and personal advice. I think, uh, you know, there was a, a woman, she was a teacher named uh, Sister Coretta Kent, I think was her name, and she published the, the, the 10 rules for artists. And, and to me, there is always some really insightful things to glean from that, that are a little bit more on the personal side than the business. Uh, um, they're easy to find on the internet if anyone's looking for the full time, but um, you know, there, there's one that's kind of don't create and analyze things at the same time. Those are kind of two entirely different mindsets. Um, and there's one about uh, you just finding places that you trust and committing to, to trust it for a little while. Um, I know those are still largely work-related, but I think about like how I make some personal decisions about you know, family commitments and, yeah. and side projects and things that'd be fun. Uh, that whole list of 10 really resonates. Yeah, and I totally hear you about it's tough to separate work from home life because you spend so much time at work. So you should love what you do. For sure. Totally. I think you know you could probably make a personal lesson out of that about just like you know find a balance between between your work and, and your not work identity, especially when it's creative. I think creative people have a, a lot harder time separating you know, their, their work from their self-worth kind of stuff. Yeah. So kind of shifting back to the Hilton lifestyle. So of course, this is an international brand that is known across the globe. Your your UX design is seen at every corner. So how does that you know affect what you do on the day-to-day? Um, a lot of it has to do with kind of getting back to some of those basics about being user-centered. Like you're, you're designing experiences for, for a wide breadth of people. Um, and I think one of the lessons that we learned really on is kind of like, you're not a user. Um, it's it's kind of beaten into design students' heads early on, um, but it becomes really obvious when when you start designing for people in different cultures and on the other side of the world. Um, so just learning how you know different cultures and different regions of the world think about technology, trust and payments, their expectations of, of hospitality are. Uh, it's really eye-opening to, to think like, the way we design technology and interactions and, and things in the West is uh, significantly different in multiple parts of the world. So it's, it's, uh, it's been very educational. It's worked with people that I've never would really have been exposed to you know, working for, for a company that's completely domestic. Um, it also gives me the chance to travel, um, to travel a lot more in this world than I would ask. Okay, that's cool. I'm going to give you a bonus question. What is your What was the favorite spot that you've traveled to with Hilton? Um, I got to go on an event. It was two weeks in Kauai. It's like the, the little island off of uh, the smallest inhabitable island uh, in Hawaii. Cool. It's great. I got to do uh, some professional events there. Stay at some of our properties. Um, just a, a fun trip overall. I got to extend it to a little bit of vacation. Um, it comes to like purely work trips though. Say about 20% of our team is located in Glasgow, so I get to go to Scotland once twice a year. It's always fun. 
Well, that's cool. All right, everybody. So go book your Hilton hotel on the little Island of Hawaii. <laughs> it's amazing. Okay. There's a, there's one designer on our team that uh, really takes advantage of some of the uh, properties that he's able to kind of see through work. He spent a week in the Maldives last year. Oh, wow. Uh, still on the bucket list night. just kind of up in that area. Away. That's cool. Well, yeah. So, you know, Go book your Hilton hotels at these locations. I loved the Cabo one. We did 10 days there for our honeymoon. What's um, um, right in between San Jose and um, San Lucas is okay. the one right in the middle. Yeah. So yeah. that's a popular one with a lot of my coworkers. It's, it's, a, it's an easy flight. Totally. So I guess you kind of answered my next question to you a little bit about how, you know, what you do affects um, consumers, you know, you said bringing it back to the basics, really applying that value, um, you know, so that consumers have an easy UX experience. You know, how does that, from a consumer lens, you know, how are you thinking about it from their perspective? Um, like, I mean, it's kind of the same angle as before. Like, we, we like to think about uh, uh, putting our users at the center of our design decisions, but largely the company does that with. With decisions outside of UX design. So, whether it's kind of figuring out how Hilton impacts uh, communities, how we uh, contribute to uh, the culture of a place that we're at, whether it's uh, an emerging market or a very established one, um, you know, the, the company spends a lot of effort uh, making sure that we're just kind of good stewards uh, of our users and our customers. Um, it's not exactly the same process with boxes and arrows and websites, but it's still a very user-centered one. Um, a lot of our growth uh, during the pandemic uh, was that, you know, longer term, thinking about uh, like how we come out of it versus uh, what you know, quarterly results might look like. But um, those things are always, you know, something we try to balance. Um, and yeah, like I said, just trying to make sure that like we're meeting expectations where, where those expectations are, whether it's, people you know trust put your credit card number into their device or they'd rather get text messages than emails um those expectations are just different we try to kind of meet those totally so you have the the balance of the technical side and then of course the creative side yeah i uh, i pretend i'm more technical than i am but <laughs> fair enough <laughs> so i guess okay so this next question does not have to be a negative one but if you could change one thing about your career, what would it be? And I want to put a plug in. It could be like futuristic, like what is it going to look like? This is what I want to get to, but we've got to take all the steps to get there. What do you think? So I think if there's one thing that I could change. Uh, so I graduated college months after 9-11 and the job market was, was significantly different than it is now. I ended up taking a job where I was a, kind of a one-man band for you know, three or four years before I eventually moved to a bigger team. I think if I could go back and do it all over, I, I wasted several years where I was doing good work you know, for a good company. Wasted is maybe a strong word, but um, I waited too long to start really building relationships in the design community and working for good people that could teach me stuff. Um, thinking about you know, the, the value that networking had on my career. You know, so the one thing I can change it would be to probably do work with 
good people, a bigger team earlier in my career. It's been invaluable. Okay. Not a bad thing. No, Definitely no. a learning, learning opportunity for sure. Totally. Um, and that's frequently advice that I give. I guess you get some student stuff. And uh, if, if you have the opportunity to, to prioritize who you work with early on, um, and it's typically way more important than the, the brand that goes on your resume to some degree even with the paycheck that you get. I love that you say that. So, you know, AAF, we have it. Um, we're an umbrella of brands. So encompassing our ad two, which is 32 and under. So young professionals, but then also we um, work with getting college students familiar with AF and what the industry has. I think that advice is perfect. Like, don't worry about so much of the brand, but get the experience and get the team that you surround yourself with. Um, I think that's great advice. That's awesome. Um, Okay. So you kind of answered this one a little bit, so I'm just curious, what is the coolest item on your bucket list? Well, thinking through travel, like um, I've traveled kind of through North America and some in Europe, um, but there's a large portion of the world, you know, Central Western Europe and, and into Asia and, and Indonesia that I've never gotten to go. I'd love to go to some of these tropical areas like the mountains, uh, spend a little more time. In, uh, in just big parts of the world that are you know, ripe with different culture that I don't really get to experience here. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd love to just get a, a plane ticket somewhere and catch a train from there to somewhere else and then you know, a cab from there to somewhere else and just you know, totally. go on kind of a, an unstructured, see where I might end up kind of trip. You got to do that in-market research. It's oh, all yeah. for Hilton, all for Hilton. Totally. <laughs> probably good okay bonus question to that have you ever met any of the hiltons i never have um but if uh, I'm, I'm sure y'all have kind of seen some of the new advertising being in the, in the ad space but paris is back doing some some marketing materials for us interesting okay we might have to check that out as a, a learning opportunity <laughs> when, I, when i first came to hilton probably 15 years ago, I, I got that question a lot. Oh, I'm sure. Where are you getting out with the Hiltons? <laughs> so final question, where do you see yourself between now and retirement? Um, I don't exactly know, but I'm kind of embracing that. Like, uh, you know, in a perfect world, I'll continue to have a fruitful career here. Love what I do. Um, Love to kind of take on some responsibilities uh, as you know opportunities come up. Um, but my parents have just recently retired, so it's got me thinking a lot about like what does that look like. Um, and I think towards the end of my career, I don't by any means plan to just you know, be working on Friday and not be working on a Monday. I think I like to kind of ease into you know, less commitment. Maybe uh, you know. Maybe shift from a full-time job into some consulting work, or maybe do some adjunct classes and teach a little bit. Um, I'll definitely ease into retirement. I don't think I'm the one that can just go 100 miles an hour to nothing to do on Monday morning. I mean, it's got to feel good. All these projects that you've worked on, obviously working with a brand with a huge footprint that's known across the world. I mean, you've got to be feeling good that you've done some good in the world. You know, especially with your, you know the side projects that you have too, just volunteering um, your time too. 
but it sounds like you've accomplished a lot already, but you've got a lot of look, a lot to look forward to. Yeah, the, you know, we talk about kind of finding meaning in your work. Hilton's the first you know, for-profit company I've worked for. And also, I conduct some of we're, we're nonprofits. Uh, so, so finding something that not only I enjoy day-to-day, but find some meaning in has, has been important. And that'll continue to be a priority for the rest of my career. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fun to look back and cool. realize that I didn't just graduate high school a few years ago. I love it. You're keeping it fresh. You got to... <laughs> A good team around you. Find people who are cooler and smarter. That's a key takeaway. And then, of course, you know, love what you do. I think all of these were really good takeaways today. So thank you so much for letting us pick your brain. Obviously, you know, we're excited to share some of this knowledge on our podcast. Um, but we appreciate your time. And thank you. Great. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, everybody. So there you go. You've been listening to a podcast from the American Advertising Federation. District 10. Find out more at aaf10.org. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Do that and you will never miss a new podcast. Your rating on iTunes will also help us grow. And don't be afraid to share what you've heard today on social media. Until next time, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. This is Attention, Copyright 2022. I'm Ray Schillens.